Welcome to Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. My name is Ange. I am your host and your original retail career girl. I'm here to unlock the secret universe of fashion and beauty career success on the shop floor and beyond. With a global net worth of US $24 trillion, the retail industry is a thriving one. I am a fashion career retailer and recruitment expert who champions professionals to wave their retail and fashion career flag proudly. Join us as we drop a new podcast talking all things career and interviewing some of the most prominent, inspiring and epic retail and fashion guests in Australia. Tune in. Welcome back to Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. My name is Ange. I hope you are having a beautiful week. Today, I thought it would be a really great opportunity to chat a little bit more about what to do when you have multiple job offers to choose from. Um, at the moment, when I'm recording this, it is the second week of November. And pretty much people need to be in in um, like basically resigning within the next two weeks to start a new job this side of Christmas. So for some people, that won't be a reality. For a lot of retailers and fashion brands, they, um, they're definitely wanting that to happen. So it's an interesting time. Um, resignations are very, very low at the moment, um, contrary to obviously the great resignation everyone's been talking about. Um, and, you know, resignations being so low is not a great thing for the economy. Um, and applications are down uh, some, somewhere in the vicinity of 50% on last year. So, um, you know, if there was ever a time for you to take advantage of that, it would be now. Um, you know, it's a really great time to get strategic on where you want to go. The war on great retail and fashion talent is really heating up. It's actually, you know, for some, for me, I have recruited through the GFC in London. You know, it was a, a very challenging time in recruitment. But um, at the moment, it's it's sort of this perfect storm of circumstances that's COVID-related and the, the borders have been closed for um over 18 months. And so it's a really interesting time um, where it's either going to be this like sort of phase that we've got to get through to try and entice people into those roles or perhaps we need to adapt and, and adjust to a new normal. Maybe we're never going to get um, back to that sort of pre-COVID uh, times. Um, however, you know, this is a great opportunity for individuals to take advantage of. It means employers have to come to the table right now with what they can do for you. Um, so uh, just a little side note, check your LinkedIn DMs because I guarantee you there's some proactive reaches, um, reach outs in there. And if there isn't, then you probably need to revamp your LinkedIn profile because people can't find you. Um, you know, all of these things mean that choosing or the chances of choosing between multiple job offers is really high. Um, and I know that that can be a really confusing process for people and they don't know what they should consider when they're thinking about choosing between um, two different roles or two different career pathways or anything along the lines of that. So today I wanted to focus on some tips that I have that I really, um, you know, sort of work with my private clients on to help them decide what is the best pathway for them. So rather than, you know, feeling like you're in this energy where it's like hoping that you're going to get picked and it's like, am I going to be the one that gets the job offer? It's then starting to realize, actually, I have a little bit more power in this situation. Um, and there's a lot that I can consider about where I want to go. 
Um, now, you know, actually, uh, when we look at the drivers um, for employees of what makes them make a move or stay in a role, um, money is actually not as high a consideration as, um, you know, a lot of people would believe. Um, there's a lot of other drivers that people also consider. And of course, a big one at the moment is that sort of work-life balance. It's that work flexibility and people are really driving forward the idea that they would really like the opportunity to continue to work from home. Um, and that can be whatever structure that looks like, you know, is that like a 70-30 split? Is that 50-50? Is that just whenever you feel like it? Um, some businesses are obviously really engaging this idea of, of, of work from, from home. Um, so it's an interesting one. It's not always appropriate for every work setting. And that's something as well that you need to think about, you know, that we might really want to work from home, but is that logistically, um, you know, the most sensible or the, you know, the best idea for collaboration, cohesion, um, you know, all of those things have to come into consideration. So number one, consider how each job aligns with your long-term career goals. So like when you're interviewing for a job, you want to, you know, obviously showcase that you're the best person for the role. Um, you know, you need to think about though how the job prospects align with your career goals. Have a look at the organisation and think about where you want to go. So, you know, for one of the things that you want to think about is, you know, if it's a big box retail brand as opposed to a small um, Australian designer brand, those two uh, environments are going to be very different in terms of what skill sets you develop. Um, so, you know, big box retail is very operations focused. Um, you know, you're handling huge turnover, um, usually a, a large format team, um, you know, so lots of opportunities like uh, usually volume stock um, and, you know, really a real fast paced environment to be a part of. So, you know, if you're operations focused, if you're more about sort of those processes and, and um, handling things on a large scale, delegating through a team, um, then maybe a big box environment is going to be right for you. If, however, you're looking at, you know, you really love customer experience, um, you know, you love engaging your team, working with them one-to-one, -one, um, then perhaps those more like, you know, smaller uh, customer service focused roles, you know, say Australian designer brands or luxury brands are going to be more aligned with your career goals. Um, you need to think about what is available to you. So, you know, um, instead of focusing on what you can do for the company, think about what they can do for you. So when you're going for that interview, it's really important that you think about like what you can learn about the job, the organization, the culture during the interview process. And so then you can ask yourself some questions, you know, so which job lines up with your career goals? Um, does one have more opportunities for growth than the other? And are those, um, is that the growth that you're looking for? So just because it's growth, it might not be taking you down a path that you're really excited by. Which job is going to challenge you? And which job offers you the chance to learn new skills? So when we talk about like being challenged, you know, we generally tend not to take a candidate into a role that meets 100% of the criteria. 
Well, I would hope that more and more people are engaging that strategy. And there's a really simple reason for that. How long will I keep someone engaged and challenged in a role if they already have 100% of the skill set that they need for that role? They're not going to stay for too long, even though they might think they will, even though they think money's great and, you know, love the team and all the rest of that. If you're not learning, if you're not developing, then it very quickly becomes that sort of like Groundhog Day, you know, and you realize very quickly, actually, there's not a lot of growth here for me. So the first three to six months is always going to be like enough of a challenge, generally speaking, because we know that that's how long it takes someone to really be onboarded productively, comprehensively, and start contributing positively. But once you hit that six-month mark, if you aren't challenged, how much longer are you going to stay in that role for? So consider both of those jobs or however many jobs you're offering through the lens of your long-term goals. Um, Which holds more promise? Like which one are you more excited about? And choose the one that's going to get you where you want to go. Number two, obviously looking at drivers, you know, we've already talked about work-life balance. The other thing that a lot of people consider is logistics as well. So how far is it from their house? What kind of commute is it? Um, Is there parking? Um, You know, it's not always about salary. But, you know, when choosing, it is an easy question that comes to mind. So which one pays more? I always encourage people, especially when we're looking at salaries against the benchmark of the market, Uh, and it might be a slightly cynical approach, um, but, you know, look, if a business is paying astronomically more than anywhere else on your base salary, I often would ask myself, what do you need to do for that additional money? Because it's very rare that a business would just decide to pay, you know, and I mean like significantly above um, market rate. I often find that, you know, sometimes that is the case because they're compensating for something and that could be, you know, they are aware that the role that they have is very demanding. Um, it, It probably quite often requires someone to go over and above. Um, You know, it certainly isn't probably the right role for someone who wants to clock watch or you know it's just genuinely a a more challenging role yeah it's it's a harder sell or you know anything like that so really question yourself you know if one is paying astronomically more why is that um And then, but your personal satisfaction is also really important. So what happens if the job you don't really want pays a lot more than the one that you do? (laughs) You need to decide whether a higher salary is going to make up for a job that you don't like. And a lot of the time it's not going to. So, you know, um, it's not probably that higher salary isn't probably going to boost your happiness too much. Um, And think about the skills that you're going to acquire in that role as well. Um, So, you know, really looking at how you decide on your job could probably more be around how the offer aligns to your values and where you want to go over the money. But of course, you do need to be able to live. Um, 
assess the culture of each workplace was our third tip. Okay, so many hiring managers assess cultural fit during an interview. So they want to make sure that you fit in well with their organization. But cultural fit isn't a one-way street. So you need to decide whether that company is a good fit for you. Um, So, you know, you need to be passionate about the company's mission um, you, you know, need to feel like you align with their values um, and really asking, um, you know, looking at employee reviews online. Personally, I would look a little bit closer than just Glassdoor because I think Glassdoor is possibly just a platform for disgruntled ex-employees. So I think it's probably not the most balanced perspective that you could seek out. Um, But, you know, LinkedIn gives you a lot of insights into like the average tenure of each employee at a company. Um, It will tell you, you know, you know, even you'll notice yourself if you've been job searching a company that is constantly advertising. Um, and if they're not advertising for because they're growing and opening new stores or adding in headcount, then that might be a question you want to ask yourself. Okay, so how long did the previous person last in that role that you're interviewing for is a very insightful question to ask. Um, it's also very insightful to ask why the current person is moving on um, you know, and absolutely, you're so within your um, rights to ask those kinds of questions at an interview. Um, you know, really figure out what you're looking for in the context of that culture. You know, so, you know, when someone says to me, I'm looking for a great culture, what does that mean? What does a great culture look like to you? And really putting down some quantifiable deliverables. Is it that, you know, everyone's really collaborative? Is it a high level of independence? Um, Is it that you're super, you get a lot of flexibility? Um, You know, you really need to think about what does that actually look like? Like really define culture for you within a company. Number four, compare your managers. You are actually, you know, when we think about how many people um, leave their jobs, we know that the um, data shows us that people quit because of their managers more often than because of the company. Your direct manager has such a big impact on your experience at work. Um, so really, you know, important to think about who it is that you're going to be reporting into. Do you, you know, get a good energy from them? Do you feel like you, uh, you know, again, have similar values? Um, you know, do you feel like they have something to teach you? Um, do you look up to them? You know, that's really important. Your manager usually serves as some sort of mentor figure. You know, they guide you in your professional development, um and you know it's really interesting to understand like current employees experiences with the manager so um you know you want to be able to grow you want a manager that really wants to help you develop um and so that's a really important one as well is really interviewing that manager over the company five you could write down a typical day in each of your roles so you know it might be pros and cons of how you're spending your day and so what will you be working on every day who will you interact with Um, does the job involve travel what's your commute like 
where what are the options for lunch even could be some of the questions that you ask and really starting to pan out all of those and start to visualize yourself in each role day to day um, it can help you really understand like what you'll be getting into um, and you know is there opportunities to work on projects outside of your job scope um, you know opportunities to de um, develop and challenge yourself um, really envision yourself going through the motions of that role um, if they're really similar in all other respects, it could come down to like a small detail, like a shorter commute or um, a more attractive workplace or a more aspirational brand. Trust your intuition. So number six is all about trusting your gut. Once you've done your research and made your list, step back and check in with your inner voice. So, you know, asking yourself, are my list pushing me towards one job or the other? Which job actually excites me? And what are my instincts telling me to do? So, you know, making sure that you really trust yourself. You know you and your work preferences better than anyone else. Um, you know, it is obviously always good to check in with someone that you trust. Um, but, you know, just because one option may seem more prestigious, um, but you know you'd be happier with the alternative, trust yourself because it's you who will have to work there and not anyone else. Um, and it's okay to take a risk and leap into a job that excites you. Don't dwell on it for too long is my next tip, okay? Because, you know, when you're torn between two offers, you want reassurance that you're making the right decision. There is no right decision, just so you are completely aware. Um, it's a path and whatever path you're on is the path that you're on. I don't really believe in wrong decisions. I think you learn something from every company that you go to. And I think that wherever you're landing is going to, you know, move you on to the next thing. Um, don't, don't overthink, you know, your decisions around this. Just really trust that gut feeling. Um, and it's really important to think about how, um, how that company makes you feel um, and also respecting their time as well. Um, so, you know, once you do uh, get through to those job offers, the last thing that I would recommend that you do or the last two things that I recommend that you do is remember why you're looking. Come back to that reason initially of what made you decide to start looking for a new role. So, you know, think about what you've learned about the company during the interview process, how much each company shared a better experience to address your unique job needs. Um, and then apply data-informed decision-making. Sometimes the best thing you can do is take the emotion out of it. Um, so really thinking about, you know, a decision matrix to weigh those components of each offer. Um, you know, so it could be looking at salary and you could do it like a complete comparison chart of salary, benefits, work environment, career path, culture, manager, and really like sort of just comparing the two to help you make that decision. And think about who you can see yourself staying with. Um, you know, it's so thinking about asking yourself some probing questions of like, what will I learn at this company to get me to the next stage of my career? And what difference will I make in this organization to move the dial? Um, so really kind of challenging some of those things for yourself as well. Now, obviously, the final point that I want to make today is around like when to turn down a job offer. 
And I think it's really important to do this in a really respectful way, remembering that the industry is so, so small. Um, so making sure that any time that you uh, do turn down a job offer, that you are being really respectful of the um, employer that you're turning down. You never know when you're going to come across, across those people again. You never know when, you know, if you did decide to make the wrong decision, it, I put that in quotation marks, not that you can see that, um, then you obviously want to be able to go back to um, either, you know, the recruiter or, you know, potentially that company and just say like, hey, um, is there any opportunity to pick up that conversation again? Um, there is no harm in doing that. I really quite often will get people contacting me saying, hey, I turned down this job offer and I took this one. I think I've actually made the wrong decision. Can we have a chat? There's no, um, I definitely do not think poorly of anyone who does that. I think that's really great to have that level of self-awareness and also be able to kind of swallow the ego and say, um, can I have a chat about, um, you know, re-engaging that conversation. Be really respectful of their time, okay? It's really probably not okay to take more than a few days to consider a job offer, particularly in today's market. Um, it's moving really, really fast. So it's important that, you know, if you think you might turn down that company, um, that you are really respectful and help them just get on with their um, recruitment process with other candidates so that they don't lose out on other people as well. Um, again, you know, I'm as you all know, I've worked in London, I've worked in Sydney, I've worked in Melbourne, I've worked in New Zealand, I've worked in Dublin. I have come across people from all of those locations, again, on the other side of the world. And um, this is a small industry and, you know, people move from company to company. So it is quite likely that you're going to come across someone in HR or a direct line manager. You're going to come across them again. So how you disengage with that brand through the recruitment process is quite key. Remember your personal branding always. It is so important. So if you're going to turn down a job offer, be prompt with your communication. Don't ghost. Um, you know, just let them know that you've decided to go with another opportunity, but you'd love to stay in touch. Um, and, you know, obviously um, just be really respectful um, through that process. Um, but it is totally okay to turn down a job offer. Gosh, it happens every day. It happens a lot more than you would think. So those are my tips. I hope that that has helped you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, we do have some more exciting guests to close out the rest of the year. It is coming around so fast. I think we have another five podcasts booked in before the end of the year, and then we will be taking a break until January. Um, in the meantime, all the best with your week ahead. If you are job searching, good luck. If you're choosing through multiple job offers, I hope this has really helped and I will speak to you soon. You just tuned in to another episode of Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you got some great insight from today's podcast. Of course, I do work as a private career coach, a career strategist, and a recruitment expert to the fashion industry. But of course, anyone outside of that industry is welcome to join us as well.
If you would like to connect with me personally about being a guest on Beyond the Shop Floor podcast or you would like to work with me in some capacity, you can email me at ange at thetalentmill.com.au and that's ange with an E or you can hang out with me on any of the social media platforms. Of course, we love a good little LinkedIn hang um, or you can find me on Instagram at thetalentmillau or Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. Thank you.